Welcome to CWDW Near and Far Podcast, where we explore perspectives of the Walt Disney World Resort from 10 to 1,000 miles away. I am Mike the Far in this equation. And I'm John the Near. All right, today our discussion is going to center on Disney and why did Disney forget about the future? Disney used to talk about a bright big beautiful tomorrow and and a very hopeful future and they don't really do that much anymore so we're, we're just gonna have a discussion about what happened and why that is and there, does that about cover it john wouldn't you say yeah I, I don't even think we'll be able to answer why but i guess we'll just discuss that it did happen and make sure i guess we could look in you know we will discuss it and see are we wrong like did they forget about the future because maybe i'm missing something you know i just yeah. just something to discuss that's uh, uh definitely a topic that may uh that i've never heard anyone else talk about so yeah i i agree okay but first john how did your week in the parks go uh, it went pretty good i uh, last sunday i went to animal kingdom and it's getting to be I go to the park so much now that I have to reference my phone by date to remember what the heck I did and when. <laughs> and I know that's a great problem to have, so I'm not complaining. I, I went to Animal Kingdom and, um, you know, I just walked around there a bit. The lines are uh, much longer now. Like, I don't know what happened. Sometime I have... I have videos and photos from May where I just went on so many rides, like anywhere I wanted. And then June and July, man, it's it really went up. Like before, I, I, I it probably was only, a, honestly, a few weeks ago that I had said I was at Animal Kingdom with my daughter. And um, it was probably like a 40-minute wait, it, it said, to get in uh, on Flight of Passage. And we, we were like, nah, we want to get home or whatever. Now I was there this that, last Sunday, and the line was all the way to uh, basically to Africa. And this is the this is in the middle of the day. This isn't the morning where it's backed up, and this is not distance lines either. Like the distance lines used to make it long. This is normal lines, completely that far back. That is just unbelievable. Disney is selling a whole lot of uh, one day tickets. Which man, they're I think they're making some of their money back. Cause holy crap! So anyway, I went there. I went on tough to be a bug because you know the lines are so long. I did go to Rafiki's Planet Watch, which is the first time that I have gone there since it changed. And I can say that you know I walked in and I'm like I found myself in the line for the animation. So the entire middle of the building is where they do the animation class now. So I didn't realize that, that it's not that there's a class there. They changed it to the class. There's still, you know, some vet windows and stuff around the sides. But the main part in the middle is now animation. And you have to go outside to access the uh, restroom area that's that, that was connected to it before. I guess it's not a huge loss, but I can say personally, I liked it better before. The open area in the middle was really cool. It had, you know, there was like uh, indoor plants and trees. And 
Um, they would bring like animals out that you could see occasionally. They'd have character meet and greets. I remember Jiminy Cricket was there when my daughter was younger. That was cool. Uh, Pocahontas would come out. And uh, like I said, I liked it better before I went there. And I'm like, I don't think I'm coming back here for a long. Like, I don't know why I'd want to come back for me. I don't really like the animation things that much. It's all right. But even with a professional telling me how to do it i'm still a terrible artist <laughs> it's like <laughs> just not that great for me that's how bad i am at arts and there's a petting zoo there and um, you know grow it up uh, my aunt owns a real farm and i could pet animals whenever i wanted if i actually wanted to so i i have no interest in that either so honestly i i i was disappointed with rafiki's planet watch and like, I'm glad they're doing something with it, but for me personally, it doesn't hold any uh, interest anymore. So. Hey, John, I, uh, it was the first time this past trip uh, a few weeks ago. It was the first time I ever went out there. I've never done that before in all the years. And, uh, you know, I, I was there the year Animal Kingdom opened up. So it was just something I always avoided um, for some reason. Not, not anything in particular. I, I just thought it was a drag on time you know i'm always concerned about time in the parks and stuff so this time was the first time that i took the family out there and i i mean short of the petting zoo which the little kids liked like the older kids were just like "Eh," you know i mean (laughs) they just we we got back there off of that train and they just wanted to sit in a bench and that's what they did i i thought the bathrooms were kind of cool yeah the mural is really cool there they have cool tiles in there i i I thought the same um but as far as the animation thing we didn't even go in that building we were kind of like that's gonna take time and and to to be fair too i used to do the one at hollywood studios because it was it had a show with it it had an animator would come up there was a show mushu would appear on the screen and this and that it was like a show slash they they teach you to draw and there was no train to get there it was just in the park and so that i thought was fun because my my wife's a pretty good artist so she'd have fun doing it and stuff and again for me there's no point to it um i would go there again with my wife if she wants to draw up there but for me there's uh i don't know it just it didn't i it was disappointing for i i don't don't see honestly i don't see myself going back there the train ride was kind of neat that's sort of nice and you get to see backstage a little bit just a little bit not much you know but um you know some of the animal paddocks back there and where they take the animals to you know get worked on but you only see like a little tiny glimpse of it it's nothing that yeah. special so i i'm just i i don't i don't think that area it, it's like an, i think if you're taking a trip back there you should really do something cool you know something almost grandiose and i, yeah. I think you know, maybe do something a little more back there so yeah that's definitely i i i don't to piggyback on our past shows, I don't know that it's a negative because there wasn't that much there before either. It's it's yeah. cool, but I wish they could have kept the o- open area, done some meet and greets, and just put the not not made the uh, drawing class so huge. And there's not even desks or anything for the drawing class. Like before, we would sit at the an- at the desk and we'd we'd put our paper down and this and that. Mm-hmm. This is just chairs. It looks really temporary. Like it's just chairs and it's roped off and they have 
uh, plants on dollies uh, to roll out to block whatever's behind it. And I'm like, <laughs> it looks so temporary for how long it's been there and how they made per- permanent signs outside, but the inside looks like it's makeshift yet. So, a, a rare meet and greet would really top that place off. It would make it worth going back there. Yeah. If you put a couple rare characters. That's back why there I thought when I saw Jiminy Cricket back there a year yeah. years ago, I was like, I've never That'd seen him anywhere in the park. That is so cool. And my daughter was younger, and it's like we really enjoyed that. And they had like this booth where you sat in this booth and put on these soundproof headphones, and they did rainforest sounds and stuff. And again. It wasn't the greatest thing, but I always remembered it was unique. It was cool. It was great to get out of the the sun, you know, the heat to do. But anyway, I also um, had lunch or dinner at the Satui Canteen, and it was awesome. So just love that food and never gets old. So I'm always happy to go to Animal Kingdom, even if it's crowded, because if I can get lunch there, it's you know, it really does make my day. So, and so that was Sunday. And then on Tuesday, I did something I have not done in a long time. We went to Disney Springs and I know we joked about it, but my wife and I ate at the boathouse because <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about it. And I had said before, you know, all I hear is how great the boathouse is from all these popular, you know, uh, social media people and stuff, the boathouse, the boathouse. And I all also said, every time I see those boats, I'm like, I really want to do that. And then, you know, I had posted pictures about like, I think on the 4th of July, I posted one of the Amphicar's driving into the water and i said you know nothing says freedom like driving a car right into the water (laughs) yeah (laughs) and my thought was only in america like would such a crazy contraption be made because we can but you know people said things like oh for 125 dollars it's not free and i'm like well i I think they misunderstood freedom (laughs) but anyway there were some people that said it's way too expensive. Then other people had said, you know, for, it's an experience. So I thought to myself, you know, if I get a discount for eating there and you get $25 off if you eat there, I'm like, if it's just my wife and I, even if the meal's expensive, we don't, it, it won't be that bad. So our meal was only about $90, you know, which is not bad because we don't eat seafood. You know, we both got the filet mignon and, you know, came with potatoes. I can say, and I I hate to even say it, I know the boathouse specializes in seafood and I don't eat seafood. So do not take my opinion to heart with this. It probably is as awesome as Lou Mangello says it is. I'm sure it is. But for the kind of food that I get, the wave was much twice as good. You know, like when I would get the uh, uh, the I guess it's a steak, whatever steak at the wave, it would come with grilled asparagus. It would come with um, some type of potatoes with cheese. Like there was a lot of work that went into it. When I ate at the boathouse, it was a steak and potatoes with just a little bit of seasoning on both. Very plain, but good. I finished every bite of it. It was good. But if you said, would you like the boathouse or the wave? I would say. The wave and a heartbeat. It just the food is so good there, or it was. You know, Disney needs to change that. That's terrible. But <laughs> so anyway, the food was good. The service was excellent. Like it's like top notch. Like 
service where you know i'm used to eating at disney restaurants where they they're good they're good but they're not great at the wave i think there's like a competition to be a waiter or waitress there because our waiter was on everything he made sure every drink was topped off food is good everything done immediately like service was just great you know and again the food was great too just not the greatest like you know i i wouldn't say there's no better place in the world but if you eat seafood then you know talk to somebody who eats seafood before you make a decision because that's not me and so i'm probably a bad guy to ask how good the boathouse is anyway anyway that's good information though john because there's a lot of people that don't eat seafood and would want to try the boathouse my wife included i think so you know i mean well i'm going to try it again but th- this time I wanted my meal to be special because I heard how great, great it was. So it's like I got the most expensive steak on the menu. It was $54. And again, it's just the two of us and my budget. I had assumed we're going to spend at least $100. And my wife got the smaller one. So, you know, it was fine. But my initial instinct when I went in, they had a burger that was like $20. And I was like, I don't know why I was in the mood. I was like, man, I could go for that burger, but I'm at the boathouse for the first time ever after hearing about it. I don't want to get a burger, you know, I feel like I'd be. So I will try it again, but I think I'm going to try the burger. And uh, again, maybe it'll be great. The service is great. The environment's great. The restaurant is awesome. The decorations, like it's definitely an experience. And one of my thoughts was too though it's a lot bigger than i thought it was like i went in and i was walking and walking and walking and it's like i didn't know this place was so big like i thought it was a smaller place it's like no it it holds a lot of people like a lot so Mm. but anyway the big event of the night was uh you know we were talking about uh the experience of the amphicar and stuff and some people had said um it's not about the money. Like how much, how many things do you spend $125 on that just come and go? And that's it. You know, it's like, if you ride in one of these Amphicars, cars, you'll remember that like forever. It's like, you can't, mm-hmm. it's, it's worth the money. So, you know, we decided to do that because we got $25 off. So with tax, it came to one Oh six fifty to, for a 20 minute ride in the Amphicar. car. And, uh, you know, uh, there was a line by then. So I wish I would have booked it ahead of time so that it would be closer when I was done. We had to stay at Disney Springs an extra two hours because, uh, you know, by the time we were done eating, they were like, well, it's going to be like a two hour wait. And so we did it anyway. And, uh, yeah, the Amphicar is really cool. Like, you know, driving uh, my first car was a 66 Plymouth Belvedere Mm. and, I'm not that old. I was born in 74, so it was already a classic when I got it, but it reminded me of that. It's like an old 60s feel car, and it's like, but they just drive it right into the water, and it is really cool, and, you know, I took a lot of pictures and videos. Our captain was great, and he talked to us about lots of stuff, and as you're riding around in the boat or amphicar, it's not really even a boat, all the people wave at you. We drove by the Disney Springs Bridge. We drove by the when we drove by the boathouse. When we drove by uh, Rainforest Cafe, all the people are waving and this and that. And you know, it's it it is a lot of fun. Then we then we drove past the Saratoga and then we went around a big circle and came back. 
I, I told the guy, I said, man, I'd really like to take this thing to uh, Port Orleans Resort. You know, you can kind of go down the windy re- river. And he said, sure, <laughs> I can do that. Oh, for, geez, for, he, wow. No, no. He said, he said for a million dollars, he goes, <laughs> I, I need to be taken care of when I'm fired <laughs> and banned from property for life. I need to make it worth it. <laughs> So he was joking. He's ba- basically saying it'll be the last thing he ever does at Disney. So he's yeah. got to make it worthwhile. That's good. <laughs> but anyway, it was it was quite a nice experience driving around in a boat. And he said that they can have up to four people. It's not a big thing. He said, I don't. If unless you're a petite person, I would not recommend more than two. Um, the front seat was pushed down and you know i'm i'm only like five seven i'm not i'm i'm fairly short and like i said i i uh it, it was not bad for me but i uh you know i asked him he's like he's like yeah he had a, a family come once and you know two full-size adults and a couple of teenagers and he's like it was they could it, it was not good it's like you can barely fit in there it's like people are just like so anyway they're smaller than you think they're not bigs if you ever plan on doing it i would not plan on taking the whole family um my suggestion would be two maybe three if you have little kids you know they could sit on your knee or something there's no right right regulations with that and somebody behind behind us said you know i have a baby is it okay to take that on and uh, the manager, whoever, they were like, yeah, sure. So there's no rules in the Amphicar. There's no safety rules, really, because, again, you're the only boat in there. There's not, it isn't like driving on the road where traffic incidents going to occur. So. And they do make, make you fill out forms, too, saying you won't sue them. So, yeah. but anyway, that's about all I did there. I went through, you know, Disney... Uh, we went to the, the Disney Co-op, the World of Disney, all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, we were live in the World of Disney, and everybody went nuts for the Mickey Mouse soap dispenser. So I'm probably going to do a giveaway very soon on that one. And so that's about it for Disney Springs. I don't go there very often. Now, yesterday, um, you know, I hadn't been to any Disney stuff since Tuesday, and yesterday was Friday, so I said... You know, I'm, I, I, the food and wine festival just started on Thursday, so maybe we should go see, you know, what that's looking like. It was a little disappointing, honestly. So we we, we got re- reservations for Epcot the same day on a Friday, which I think they really must have the the uh, capacity turned up because that's pretty amazing. And uh, you know, I I did get a couple things. I got a. Uh, that the the tangerine cafe was back open that's the quick service in morocco but it wasn't open like it really is they used it for the food and wine booth so i got some garlic lemon chicken with couscous and some kind of onion salad it was so good only like five something so that i was happy i used to love the tangerine cafe it was my favorite quick service at epcot and again like everything else i love at disney they it got shut down so but it was nice to be back in there and that food was good and uh, we we actually saw the beauty and the beast sing along too it's the first time we've ever done that for me it'll probably be the last because it's just (laughs) singing beauty and the beast songs and 
you know, I I had the cassette when I was 16. I, I'm familiar with the songs, but I didn't really want to uh, sit in a theater and sing them. But did it, again, did it teach you anything about France at all? No, uh, nothing. There's France is a that's a made up country that they used for beating the beast. I'm pretty sure. And all they did was say basically that, oh, LeFou was behind all the Beauty and the Beast getting together. They just added stuff in saying he, he was behind the scenes making it happen. And it's like, yeah, it's great. I, I For me, that's, you know, I'll watch uh, Impressions de, de France or whatever it's called when that comes back. Um, I, I don't know if they still do that. I hope so. Yeah, they, they do it. It's after, I guess it's after a certain time each evening. That's what the they take that back over. The... I don't know why they even do it, though. There's no live person doing anything for the sing-along. So I don't even know what the difference is, really. Like, it was just the screen. So, again, I like Beauty and the Beast. It's probably one of the few Disney cartoons I really like. But it, it doesn't mean I really would want to go to the park and sing it but uh, again i'm probably in the minority there i think what happens based on being in there is a lot of people get drunk stagger in and then they're just <laughs> yelling you know singing and yelling and it turns into a good time at least from their perspective as far as they remember it was a great time <laughs> so <laughs> i'm pretty sure that's what it is it sounds weird but being in there i'm like this is where the drunk people go to get drunk and sing loudly so it's again that's fine for other people i'm i wasn't really a big fan and yeah the crowds are at, at epcot too it was crowded in there for the food and wine and a lot of the booths too the only other thing i want to mention about it um, the India booth said coming soon. The Ireland booth said coming soon. The Alps booth said coming soon. The Festival Center, which they've been using the World Showcase Pavilion uh, backed by uh, Canada for, not open at all. So huh. I don't know if they have a Festival Center or if they just didn't open it yet. Um, either way, it's, it's either sad if they don't have it or it's sad that they have so much not ready. They opened, and yet there's a lot of stuff that's not actually open yet. You know, it's like weird that Disney started a festival without being ready mm. for it. So I, I don't I think know. I thought that was odd. I think they're having staffing problems, John. I think that's the problem. They they the, for what they're paying people to work there. They they're having trouble bringing people in and plus they're training the heck out of cat like college the college program. So my guess is maybe they didn't get the response to the college program they probably thought they were initially going to get either. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. So, I mean, they would have that I think they would have that open otherwise cuz like you said it's crowded and they're trying to distribute crowds around. So, I I would think if they could open it they, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. They could open it, but I'm just saying. I, I don't think. Uh, I think they're having issues with their getting employees to come in. I don't. I don't think that they. Uh, I don't know whose responsibility it would be, but I. I am not shy about criticizing Disney when I see weird, ridiculous things. And here's here's one. I I went to get maple popcorn yesterday, and um, there was a a uh what do you call it like one of those uh makeshift fencing things the black fabric just to like rope off a certain area kind of blocking like half the stand and i'm like i'm pretty sure that's open 
there was like six employees on the blocked off side back in the left and the cash registers on the right. And so I walked back. I had to walk back behind. I looked at them and there was there was at least four or five that looked at me and I that they didn't even ask what I want or anything. I was like, I wanted to get some popcorn. And then one of them walked out and goes, oh, yeah, over here. And then they got it for me and everything's good. But I'm like, who's in charge of these people that there's groups of cast members kind of like hiding in plain sight in a big group, not trying not to work. It's like, I I feel like there's no middle management anymore. Like nobody's telling these people what they can and can't do on stage because we asked probably about two weeks ago, my wife saw somebody she knows they're working and, and was, and she said, did they change the rules? Because there's cast members now always talking with each other on stage. They're looking at their phones. And she's like, you know, just last year when I worked here, that, that was a major no-no. And the lady was like, oh no, it's still against the rules, but they don't care. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what's going on then. Cause again, you can't staff the the Ireland booth, but you have a bunch of people hiding in a corner. Like how many people do you have at the maple popcorn stand that are trying not to be seen in the corner? Boy, it's that's like, a good point. I yeah. don't know. Like I, I feel like it can, it, it's probably a people problem, but it's also a Good. management problem. I don't yeah, think managers no longer yell at the employees. Like did, Disney was known to be a strict, hard place to work where you're going to get yelled at. It's like, oh, that's what, you can't have that. And your your clothes don't look quite right. You need to, like, they were not nice about it. And I don't think they care what, well, I, I don't know about care. I, I, I can't say what other people care about. They, I don't think they stop people like they used to, you know. And again, I'm sure they have their reasons. I don't know what that is, but it's weird. It's it's interesting. There's got to be like a... I, I wonder what the cultural differences are in that regard between Disney and Universal, you know, like how how that... Like the little <laughs> Universal is like stricter so. now. I, I always yeah, thought you were allowed wondering. to do more there, but I, I opened my mouth and put my foot in it at one point about how you know you you universal and disney are more on par now because you know you can have tattoos and this and that at disney and somebody corrected me and said uh uh-uh, uh universal you're not allowed yeah. to show your tattoos on 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 out yeah. when you weren't working i was like oh i just assumed that universal was more relaxed it's like nope disney yeah i Weird. talked to a, um an, an employee at universal when i was um over there visiting and he was taking a survey and he actually mentioned that to me because he he noticed my um star wars shirt and he told me he had a star wars tattoo and i said what you don't have it displayed he said no they don't we're not allowed to i said are you kidding me you don't work for the mouse you you, you know the mouse they're letting them uh display it he said yeah we don't uh we're not allowed we're you know they're trying to you know, differentiate, I guess, still. So I, I, I was surprised by that too, John. So yeah, that's, it's weird that's how that cool. happened. Now it's more relaxed at Disney. And, and when I go to Universal, I don't see groups of, of team members chit-chatting or hiding. Like, I just don't. Like, they seem to be really on part, on cute. Like, they're, they're on it there. And again, I don't know what they're doing, but maybe they got a lot of the best workers after the shutdown thing. And Disney showed how they're willing to get rid of people because I know there's some people that worked with my daughter. 
that had great jobs that started to work at U- Universal because Disney, after many years, just threw them to the curb without a, without a second thought. And they were like, yeah, I'm not going back. And it's like, maybe that happened. Maybe the best employees went there. I, again, I don't know. I don't know anything. Um, but all, all, all I'm reporting on is what I saw. You can tell me I'm wrong about everything, but you can't tell me I'm wrong about what my eyes saw. I see things that happen, and it makes me wonder. Yeah, I I totally with you on that. It's uh, I don't know middle management, maybe, or maybe they're not allowed. Maybe it's so hard to get employees that they're like, don't yell at the employees, they'll quit. It's like it could very well be. It's just we're in that different time now where uh, maybe they had to change their tactics and their management style. I don't know, but I I find it hard to believe that they would change that quick. So it might be more of a personal thing. Whereas managers are just like, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to do that anymore because I don't want to lose people or something to that effect, you know, and hard to tell. I don't claim to have the answers. I just report on what I see and that I think it's odd. That's all. Did you do anything else? No, that leads us up to yesterday. I mean, I went on a couple, I think, I was going to go on Journey into Imagination just to do some ride on the way out. And the line was all the way near the door. And I turned around. I'm like, nah. And then wow. I, I went and I rode uh, uh, the seas with Nemo and friends just to ride something. When you go go to a park, I feel like going on at least one ride just feels weird not to. So Yeah, I agree with you. All right, John. Well, we should get into our discussion then. Uh, just going to discuss... Why Disney's kind of changed as far as talking about the hopeful future that Walt Disney himself used to paint a picture of. Uh, it seems like, I don't know, Disney's just kind of shied away from that picture that that Walt used to uh, used to want to believe in. And Walt was a futurist, and he always talked about the future in and in, in hopeful terms and really did theme part like the the rides and things like that that had to do with the future were based on that his hopeful future uh his his look to the future uh whether it was from transportation or whether it was from theming uh walt always had a a very positive view of where we were going and where he wanted to see us go and now uh, it almost seems like Disney is transitioning that into anything that has to do with their intellectual property and anything that can uh, sell merchandise. And that wasn't exactly what I think Walt wanted. Yeah, that's yeah. When you think back to Walt Disney, um, a, a huge part of his personality was that he was a futurist like he he really was excited about what's coming in the future where where we're going to go as a just as humans in general he 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 loved the idea of outer space he loved the idea of going under the oceans changing the desert making the world fit that work better for us in every way modern transportation modern cities like it was a really big part of his, of, of his personality and I would even say bigger than the theme parks. Like the theme parks was a side effect. Like, you know, he first he made money and then when he had the money, he his his mind went right to changing the world and the future and making things better. 
And again, I, I, I might be wrong, but that, that's why I, I ask you. In the past, I don't know, 10 years, 20 has Disney done any rides, shows, or attractions to make you excited for the future? You know, maybe they have, and I just can't think of it. I'm trying to think. I, I'm coming. I'm not coming up with anything. Yeah, and uh, I oh, kind of no. feel the same way. I did come up with one. And, and it definitely has to be, I think it's within the last 20 years. And it's not that they changed something or made something new. Well, they did change something. The ending to Spaceship Earth is the only thing I can think of. You know, the little video about, mm-hmm. you know, in the future, what can Siemens do for you? Like, uh, and where you get to choose, you know, what you want to live in the city. Do you want to travel by solar or bike or car and this and that? That is a little glimpse of futurism of how things are going to be better in the future so i'm glad i thought of that that is there's one little glimpse in epcot at the end of spaceship earth which they want to get rid of and change it to story time so again we are they do plan on changing that to looking at the past and just stories so no more future there they're they're looking to get rid of that but again uh, and I guess the land, too, has a little bit. And it's not really the future, but it's the future from the 1980s. At least they didn't get rid of it completely, but they're just saying that they're trying to think of new ways to do farming. So I guess we can't say they completely got rid of it, but it's pretty much dead. <laughs> well, but I think it's the point of what you're saying, though. What are they doing now currently? And they're not designing rides or attractions based on that hopeful look at the future. They're designing it based on how can we expand our footprint? How can we expand our intellectual property to leverage it to make more money on merchandise and things like that? You know, I I mean, it's no longer about um, looking at innovation and, and, you know, design and things like that for the future. It's about how can we do something cool to to sell that shirt and i mean that's okay it's fine but that isn't what the parks in particular epcot was originally thought of to to feature you know to it wasn't designed for that it was designed for um you know a lot of things like walt's original plan let's let's just say okay that's fine but even the park like walt's original design was it was it was an urban um design it was going to be an actual city with a theme park built near it um but i mean as far as uh what the original theme park was all about it was absolutely about that future and you know that futurism so yeah i i don't know i I just feel like uh, they've forgot that mission. They've they've neglected to uh, expand on that vision of the future. We've gone from uh, revolutionizing transportation in a monorail or the people mover uh, to, you know, nothing. I mean, they're not doing anything like that anymore. And if they are doing something that has to do with transportation, they're bringing third parties in to do it, right? I mean, yeah. So I, I just, I well, I yeah, don't really, you know, what are they doing to really look to the future? I don't well, think they're doing well, anything here's, at all. Here's, here's the problem, and this is a quote from someone else, but it, it's, they, they said this, they said, a futurist is someone who believes in pushing society forward regardless of profit, 
that's where Disney's no longer like now profit is the goal. And that's like with Walt Disney, he bet everything to make money, but he didn't do it because he liked money. He turned around and bet it all again. He, he just reinvested. He was looking for something bigger, bigger than himself, bigger than anything. And he did love the park like Disneyland. He thought it was he loved it. He, he thought thought it was great. But that was just a small glimpse of what he thought. You know, he 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 saw amusement parks and people thought poorly of them he said i could make a better amusement park that everybody will love i could do it right and he showed the world that he could and to this day it's one of the most beloved parks ever but he didn't do it for money he did it because a better park will show people that you can make things better you can you don't need to just say oh amusement parks that's uh that's where cd carnival people are you know and and he immediately turned, went to cities and stuff, and that's why he, he loved the idea of Epcot so much. Even some of the old rides, like Mission to Mars and stuff, it was about the excitement of what could happen. Uh, the Time Traveler, um, what was it called? The the one in Tomorrowland at Walt Disney World with Robin w- Williams was the time... Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, anyway, there, there yeah. was a lot, and the Imagineers carried on with a lot of the future stuff when they made Epcot, you know. It wasn't what Walt planned, but they still focused on the positivity of the future and this and that. And I really feel like now they mainly just say, forget about the future, but remember this movie we made 30 years ago? Here's your favorite, here's a clip from your favorite part. Let's just fondly remember the past. It's like, I... I really hate that about Epcot, and it was my favorite park, and the outdated future world was one of my favorite places. I just loved the music, the feel. I know it was all concrete and stuff, but it just felt really cool and different, and there's not, not there was nothing else like it in the world, and now they want to change it to, you know... Uh, I I love Guardians of the Galaxy, and I'm sure uh, the Guardians roller coaster that they're building is going to be great, but given the option i would love to know what the top people in the world think about the future of of uh, energy like i'd love that i would have ra- rather have had that redone and not because i don't like fun rides but what is what changed with society that they don't care about their own future they don't care about their children's future people just don't care anymore too they just want to have fun and i think uh, you know what disney's pushing is remembering old things uh looking at current thrills and have a drink and forget about it it's like i i just don't like i don't like the idea of where all that is heading like that's uh it just feels dark kind of to me like not a good thing it's like drink more alcohol forget about stuff just remember beauty and the beast have a few drinks and uh come sing along with us and remember it's like uh, there is a place for that, but I, I just hate that Epcot is turning into that. And Walt and Walt Disney was not about drinking, forgetting, and just remembering past stuff. He was all about the future, you know. Like he was greatly successful and said, "I'm going to sink all my money and even more stuff. I want to keep going forward, keep moving forward, keep moving forward." And it's like uh, I just feel like they took one of his ideas, which was the theme park, and just they just are taking money from at this point that's that's where they are with it extracting money you really uh you kind of hit on something right there that i'm pretty passionate about and when you said uh walt 
kept looking to the future and designing for the future and things. And to be honest with you, John, to me, I believe if you read the context and you look at, at, at what Walt was saying when he said about how the theme parks like Disneyland would never be finished, right? Yeah. I believe that's what he meant. It wasn't about, oh, let's just change something to change something to further the IP or further the no. footprint or the money. It wasn't about that. And I think that's what the argument would be for people like us when – Walt, when people bring up, oh, we're doing this because Walt said things would keep changing. Well, you know, that's a cop out. Honestly, that's a convenient cop out to just take what Walt said and turn it in to meet your own uh, goal and mindset. And honestly, I don't think that's what Walt really meant. I think what he meant was that the the park will continue to change to meet with the times as far as technology and and the you know pushing things forward and if you look at the context of what he was saying that that is kind of what he was talking about he wasn't talking about um a a cultural shift or he wasn't talking about changing something in order to uh you know meet the uh, to sell a T-shirt or something like that, or to uh, push intellectual property. He was talking about other things and technology and stuff like that, and and we have evidence of that by the fact that how much money did he invest in Imagineering and setting up Wed and setting up the uh, you know the uh, university programs and stuff like that. Walt was always thinking about the future, and that specifically is what he was talking about when he said. Disneyland will will never be finished. Uh, he was talking about pushing things in the future, pushing technologies and and those types of things. Uh, he, you know, I, I think people pervert what he says sometimes and uh, really change it to meet their own, you know, whatever they're trying to do. You know, so I I definitely believe that. If the man would have been alive going into the 70s and, and around Epcot, maybe Epcot wouldn't have happened the way that he envisioned it. I, I wouldn't put it past him because he made a lot of things happen. Magic Kingdom was built, ex, uh, or I mean, uh, Disneyland was built in a very short period of time. Disney can't even build Guardians of the Galaxy in the, or, or you know, uh, imagine any, anything. They can't even redo a ride uh, in the amount of time that he did Disneyland. So now, granted, things are different now. You got codes and all this kind of stuff that we have in modern society that change things. But that, I don't think that would have stopped Walt. I think he would have pushed the envelope and and. You know, I think that when Epcot would have been finished, you would have seen a hopeful look into what we can do as a human race in the future. Yeah. And Walt Disney heard that before. Oh, you can't do this. You can't do this. Like, that's pretty much what they told him about making a full length animated feature. That's what they told him about Disneyland. And then that's what they told him about Epcot, too. And um he's the only one who said no i can do it that we need like it takes it's like it's like i forget the time but they said like the five minute mile everyone said it was impossible then once one person did it they're like oh it's possible it started being a thing countless people could do it all of a sudden you know it's like a a mental block mm -hmm. and walt disney was big on that and i firmly believe that 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 there is a great chance that he could have made a city that works 
that would have been an example for the world to say, you know, if we would just do it like this, look how awesome things could be. Like this could really change things. Like um, imagine having uh, Epcot type prototypes placed, you know, in each state has a big Epcot type. It, it, it really could have worked, you know. I and if it, it, and it, if it didn't, at least you try. And Walt Disney always said too, he had loads of failure. You need to fail to learn. So you fail, you learn. And that and that keeps things in perspective too. It doesn't it do, it doesn't mean that he would never try again. He probably would say, "Now I know how to do it," you know. And it's so sad to me that even on his deathbed, they said all he would talk about is Epcot. He was staring at the ceiling, planning it out. Like how I really feel like he saw something there that he nobody did. else could. That yeah. that was real. That would work. That would be so special. And again, I I I can't blame everyone else for not following it along but it's still just sad and the, like i said the direction of disney i i don't i feel like they don't care about the future at all at this point they care about extracting money for themselves for whatever reason and that's that's it like i don't uh, i again telling me to here's a here's a thousand new drinks and countless cupcakes and cookies and i am going if i if, if, if I take my cue from Disney, I'm going to gain a lot of weight. I may get diabetes. I'm probably going to be a drunk. And all I'm going to do is remember movies I've seen before that I used to like. It's like that's that's where they're that's where they they're pushing right now in general. And I don't care what anybody thinks. Show me something different. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I wish I was wrong. I don't want to. I don't I still love the parks. But Disney as a company. I'm not impressed by that. No, it's a self-destructive future is what they're pushing. And if you look at what the backbone of the parks and the company has been built on, it's been family entertainment. But if you're talking about all those things that you just mentioned, which is what they're pushing into the future, you're appealing to a segment that is not necessarily families. And again, that's fine if you can if you can make money off of it like i'm not against people making money i'm all about that but you if you're looking to your future and you're looking to create something that is going to be sustainable for your brand and for your market then shouldn't you appeal to the people that are having kids that are going to want to keep coming back with their kids or you know w w the people that those kids are going to grow up and say i want to go back you know um because of what we've created as memory they don't want to remember mom and dad walking around in a drunken stupor like having a sugar attack you know i mean that's that's not what they want to remember yeah and just so everybody knows i am i drink not that much because, like I mentioned before, I, I have alcoholics in my family, so I try to make sure I don't enjoy it too much. <laughs> but I do have an occasional drink, and I am overweight, and I love sugar. So Me don't, too. Don't don't <laughs> think I'm condescending when <laughs> I say either. these things because uh, I, uh, yeah, I love sugar. <laughs> yeah, I, believe me, I'm an overweight guy. I was, I, I couldn't even fit on uh, a Velocicoaster. I just don't want anyone to think that I'm some kind of, like, gym nut health yeah. eater that says everybody else is terrible and stop it it's like i i just said i i i i watched some of the things from the food and wine festival and 
I looked around and stuff. Like I did get some lemon chicken yesterday. It was great. But if I was say like a, a vlogger or something and I had to eat and drink all this stuff, I don't know what that would do to me. It would be a yeah. shock to me. And even even someone like me that eats plenty of sugar, it's just so Disney pours that stuff down your throat. Everything is pure oversweetened sugar drinks and desserts and this and that. And as somebody who lives here, I cannot indulge in that. I will not that I I will gain weight so fast. <laughs> I my body yeah. loves gaining weight. So I, does mine. So Me too. I, I I I literally cannot indulge. People are always like, get a funnel cake, have some ice cream. I'm like, I do like that stuff, but I I really have to hold myself back because uh, you know I stay. I I can't I stay on the heavier side without doing anything. Like I I literally can't lose weight even with the self control. I can't imagine. If I said, eh, I live close to Disney, I'm getting all the awesome cupcakes. It's like, I, I just don't, I don't think I could. I, oh. I, I do, I do want to though. But anyway, yeah. I just, I didn't want anyone to think that I'm condescending or talking yeah. to them yeah. or saying you terrible people eating your cupcakes. It's like, if you're on vacation, have the, I live here. I, I, I just wouldn't, I, I, I don't know if I'd be alive <laughs> If I, if I was going to have that, since I'm not on vacation anymore. Yeah, this is not a health food uh, <laughs> podcast. It's no. not, that's not what this is about. But it, it is about uh, looking at the company and the direction that they're going. And I, I think that's a big part of it. That's where most of their innovation has been poured into over the last few years is a lot of their food uh, things and stuff. And again, that's great. But, I mean, it's not sustainable. It's just, a, you know, it, it, it's just, it, it's again, it's like the entire company and their tactics have been designed around short-term gains and things like that, you know? Yeah, just just think about how optimistic you used to feel when you take a trip to Epcot. It's like, I really do feel like it would just boost your mood in general about the future is going to be great. And I don't, you, you don't get that anymore from any of them. And it's no. like... I really miss that. I don't know why. And I feel like in this day and age, we really need that, you know? We do. I, from what I see, the only person I know anymore who is a futurist is like uh, Elon Musk and uh, the guy from Virgin Galactic. What's his name? The other billionaire. Yeah, Branson, like Richard Branson. Branson. I feel like they're futurists. And I love the idea that Joe Rody went to work for Richard Branson. It's like, good because that's that's the kind of talent you need there to make things appealing and stuff like i love that idea and again there's not many of those people left and they're always looking to mars i'm like you know nobody's on the moon yet and i that's a whole nother story like why the heck aren't we on the moon if we got there in the 60s i should be able to go there myself at this point but i'm i'm uh, skeptical at this point based on based on where we are only <laughs> yeah I, I you know and it's funny you bring up elon musk and richard branson because as futurists like particularly richard branson branson really reminds me a lot of walt disney you know and and some of the things that he's done um you know and how he views the future and his optimistic view like i don't know if i ever told you one time but 
Um, you know how Walt Disney used to walk around the parks and he, you know, people would see him and he would interact with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he did that. He did that at Disneyland. You, there's people that tell stories now about uh, sitting in theater in the theater and, um, you know, in uh, Disneyland. And there would be Walt and his wife, you know, watching something, whatever they were playing on the uh, movie screen. And people walking in and seeing Walt and he would have a conversation with them or he might be sitting in a bench uh, eating a hot dog or something like that. Just looking at the park. <laughs> you don't you don't get management like that anymore. at Disney. Uh, my guess is Bob Chapek probably doesn't even walk into the parks wow. m- more than once a year, you know, and that's I, just to do a stage thing. I but. did. I did want to say I, I mentioned that a lot. And I honestly think that Bob Iger and Bob Chapek have, they did not grow up going to these parks and they have no love for them at all. They grew mm. up. I'm, I, this is just an assumption mm. as rich people groomed for rich people, jobs, going to rich people, schools and rich yeah. people, uh, societal groups. And that's where they are. And they don't really, I, I wish somebody would be in charge of, uh, of the parks who actually, loved the parks and that's one of the big disappointments about john lassiter being gone he's he was one of the few people there that understood like how important story was he he was involved in all of the pixar successes and he made he helped make that from nothing and yeah. he loved the parks like he literally when when pixar was going to have a ride at the parks he was very involved in because he loved the theme parks too he was like I, I feel, and I could be completely wrong, but it feels like he was the closest thing to Walt we had, and he's gone now. And again, yeah, I feel like Disney, as far as movies go, and I am no movie critic, but I feel like they took a formula and they just insert crap in there now. It's the same formula, same thing. Just now we're going to take this, now we're going to take that. And it, it always turns out the same. It's always predictable. It's always fine. But again, they make good movies. But they don't make original, unique things that I can see, at least. It's the same. Pixar makes original movies, but the same formulas over and over. Like something weird like that Wally. That's just unbelievable that someone even came up with that. That is so yeah. that is so foreign and not. It's like, how do you even come up with that? Now, that is something I'm like, I can appreciate the originality of the thought. All the newest ones, not as much. Not that they're not good, but I just don't know. Yeah. I'm not moved to even see them at this point. So, By the way, I'm an oddball too. Wally, one of my favorite Pixar films, and nobody seems to like it. And it didn't do as well at the box office, so they didn't go down that path anymore. Um, I love that. I, I was telling you about Richard Branson. You know, I actually saw him on a Virgin America flight that I took from <laughs> Washington, D.C. to to uh to san francisco and i was on my way back and here comes this this dude you know like he has a had a presence about him and i was like i was um it was a business thing i was sitting in business class and he was walking into first class he did not talk to the first class passengers or anything he was talking to the crew and he came in and he just talked to the crew um the entire flight crew just kind of talking to them thanking them for what they were doing and just waved hi to everyone on the plane you know most people didn't even know who he was but i knew who he was i was like wow that is that is 
really something. It wasn't that he was waving to all of us, but it was that he was treating his employees that way and saying thanks and coming in and just kind of giving them encouragement. And, you know, unfortunately, um, since he has kind of stepped down from a leadership role within the company, Virgin America got sold off to, you know, Alaska. And so they don't have that anymore. But the fact is he was there. He was doing the Walt thing. Yeah. He was walking onto the plane. I, you know, I heard something similar about the CEO of, uh, well, the CEO of Costco. The old one would do that too, and he made that company so successful. He would show up at all the co- Costcos randomly throughout the whole country and just talk to the employees and this and that. Uh, the guy from uh, the CEO of uh, Texas Roadhouse. He would he would randomly call on Sundays all the like a bunch of restaurants and the manager would talk he'd he'd say put me on with a waitress or waiter he doesn't want to talk to the manager he wants to talk to the people who actually do it and it works so well because he would literally say uh, you know how is it going are people seem happy what do you think about the pricing like the people who actually know the people who deal with the people would give him feedback. And they've done phenomenal, too. I think their stock price has doubled in the past few years and stuff. And every time I go there, I get a consistent, uh, it's a consistently good place to eat. And again, it's from Mm -hmm. good leadership. And again, I, I, you know, I've seen Bob Iger at Disney World five or, or wait, no, I've never seen him there. I don't think. I don't even know if he knows it's a park. Like he's like <laughs> sitting in some limo or private jet somewhere, going, "Yeah, this is a place where poor people go." And by poor people, I mean, you know, you have less than half a billion in net value. <laughs> it's like that's where the peasants go. You know, yeah, part of so our, I, that's the it's, thing. It's 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 whatever percentage of our income stream. That's all that is. It's not I, anything real. I think it's important to mention that, though, and and to emphasize that, that in our takes on the company, it's about the leadership in the company. And if we're attacking anyone or or downplaying their, you know, anything, it's the leadership in the company. It's not the company necessarily itself and that the employees and the, you know, the feelings that you get when you walk into a park, but it's the fact that we look to the future and if you look to the future of where these parks are going i'm not really encouraged john i'm not encouraged as to what they're doing and where they're taking us again i'm kind of frightened by it in fact i like to here's my other thing walt disney was who he was because he knew what struggle was. He knew what failure was. He 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 did not grow up rich and privileged and whatever, whatever. Again, uh, you know, Bob Iger, he bought companies. Like, he, he seems to think he did a great job and everyone else seems to think. But again, has he ever, like, I, I didn't read his book, but I mean, did he come from adversity? Does he know what it's like to be one of the people? Because that's the difference. Walt Disney knew what it was like to be the guy at the bottom too, and the lat, you know, that he 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 was down on his luck. He's lost everything, you know. Uh, he knows what it's like to be on all sides, and I feel like a lot of the new uh, CEOs in general, not just of Disney, but in general, they're groomed to be the CEOs of billion-dollar companies. They're schooled and groomed to be that. They do not know what failure looks like. They've never experienced failure or uh, you know 
lost in a work sense ever. They just they just haven't. It's like so they get to be so disconnected from reality. And again, I don't know him, but my assumption is Bob Iger was a handsome guy that went to Ivy League schools and was groomed to be the CEO of a major company. And that's what he is. That's my again. I might be wrong, but I assume I assume that's right. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't that think too. that's great for Disney World in general. I don't think that helps the theme parks. I mean, in if you really look at what um, under the Iger era, though, I, I will say there's been some positive things that that he um, did enact and acquisitions and things. So he expanded their footprint and he brought more people into the parks and he did a lot of that stuff. But I would say, and honestly, I feel the same way you do about Iger, absolutely. But I'm saying if you look to the future and look at who's taken over the company now um, and look at the moves that have been done in the past, I'd say, two years, that's a scary thing to look at where we're going with the parks. It's almost like the parks are only regarded as as a money maker and that's what they're trying to do is protect the money thing. you know there's no vision that's the thing i want to see vision uh yeah. eisner had vision yeah, I, right? I liked eisner he did look for the future he wanted disney to grow and be better and not just money wise just experience wise and and he was willing to take chances to do things that people told them wasn't a good idea <laughs> Yeah. Which is kind of how Disney Disney was created in the first place of people saying, I don't think that's going to work. And he'd be like, I think you're wrong. Let's move forward. And yeah, as far as Bob Chapek goes, I don't really know much about him. But all I know is Disney panders to anything at this point in time. And I don't like that either because one pander leads to the next. If you give in to one, then it goes to the other. And before you know it, you're you're. Uh, your park is being run, your company is being run by a consensus of people that are not really have no uh, ownership of it at all. So it's like, you know, some some guy complaining online somewhere is not who you should be worried about. And they are. So I don't, yeah, know. I mean, I don't in think the that's end, good either. In, Long in term, end, it's not good. It isn't because the end game of that, John, is carnival rides bought from iapa with uh, little cardboard cutouts of you know um ip pasted on them and that's where you go with that you you can't that is an unsustainable model you cannot do that there's no vision in it it's just reactionary and it's a failed thing and the thing is chapek as a marketer who is who came up with some ingenious marketing schemes like the uh, the Disney Vault? JPEG came up with the Disney Vault for movies, right? And for for Disney as a company, the Disney Vault was very successful. You know, take a release a movie for six months or a year or whatever, and then put it back in the vault and then re-release it again years later as the silver anniversary edition, and people buy it. I mean, that's a very successful model. It's it's creating um, a supply problem and increasing demand. You know, I mean that that's like marketing 101. Right now, they're not doing anything like that. I mean, I suppose if you say raising prices and experiences and things like that, um, it can create that, maybe. 
but eventually you're going to like run through the people that can afford to go. I mean, it's just not sustainable, this entire um, uh, thing that they're doing. I don't know. I could be wrong. You said it yourself. The crowds are back. People yeah. are going, but I think that's pent up demand. To be honest with you, I'm this. either I'm either wrong. I I I know. How about this? No, I'm either, you're not wrong. I saw. I'm it. either correct or I'm very out of touch with society. So, um, a lot of people mentioned that before. Like one of my favorite books and movies. The book is so much better than the like the movie. The newest movie was done terribly, but. It's a book called I Am Legend, where the world changes all except for this one guy. And, you know, he's going around every day uh, fortifying his house. He's killing all of the vampires, which is what everybody turned into or whatever you want to call them. And as the years go by, he can't find any other humans, whatever, whatever. Eventually he discovers the world has changed and he's the monster. And it's like, that is one thing I can say in a different uh, format because there could be a group of us who, you know, we like the old ways and stuff. And again, we might be completely wrong that this is the way the world is going. And if 90% of the world is going this way, but I'm not, that doesn't make them wrong. I guess uh, it makes me wrong because I would be bad for business. <laughs> so yeah. why cater to the nuts like me that are left? So. That's well, another, that's a, another yeah. thing. Perhaps we are legends at this point. We are those old, terrible people who wonder what, who, who question the new. Why doesn't Walt Disney World look to the future? Don't question billion-dollar companies or trillion, yeah, b- billion-dollar companies. Don't question them. So maybe we need to learn that uh, it's not our place to question such things. Until that time, why aren't they looking to the future? <laughs> Does anyone else agree? Does anybody else hear me? Because I, I kind of like the future. I, know, I, I miss yeah, it. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I mean, now that I'm in the future, I'm like, wait, what's my hoverboard? And, you know, <laughs> I a, to, a hoverboard has wheels on it now. That's what I mean. At the very crazy. least, we should be able to vacation on the moon by now. Come on, guys. I mean, they, they say the computer power was less than like an apple watch that took us to the moon it should be much easier now so. yeah why can't i take a monorail to work you know every day i mean yeah or a people mover just yeah. sit back relax and just it's like i don't know what they're doing but they're not doing it right so i, they, I will say this you can take a monorail on almost every airport nowadays so yeah, that that smart. did something you know yeah yeah and yeah and it's very convenient the monorail moves people where they need to move within the airport so yeah. yeah good on the airports at least they did something but yeah but anyway yeah, except for philadelphia think, <laughs> uh, yeah, they don't count that's <laughs> but can you think of anything else where they are looking to the future right now i'm looking at animal kingdom no hollywood studios definitely no um magic kingdom uh, no. well no. they they do have Carousel of Progress, which is but that was that's it's an retro artifact future, of how man. they used to look to the future. Yeah, I was going to say. A, is... It's a memorial of how we used to love progress in the future. But at least the song still sings about the future. Yeah. Know, it's a great big beautiful tomorrow. It's like, I'm surprised they don't. That's probably going to be on the chopping block soon. 
I'll be honest with you. If they would have, if they would have transitioned the speedway into like electric cars, then we could sit here and say, yeah, okay, kind of. I guess they're doing it there, but no. It's, even it's, even test track, it's not future at all. It's literally cars now. It's, like, it's present. Man. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. There's really nothing. I mean, you know, and anything else is pretty much already been done and been there a while that you can't really say they're innovating in fact if you think about it mission space let's look at that even to do the uh, more mild experience there all it is just a trip in orbit of the earth there's nothing future about that that is yeah, the, like the other you know. one too it's uh it's technically a simulator and even in the ride it's a simulator it's yeah. not really going to mars and we have simulators now too it's not the future We've had simulators for a long, long time. It's about training to go to Mars, but not actually go. So that yeah. is where we're at. It's like, it's not future. It's, you know, and again, why don't we go to the moon? Come on. About, we can go there. I think, yeah. Uh, I guess we can't, but. Uh, maybe. I don't know. We got to. Elon needs to take us there. He's yeah. working on it. He's I would like to. It. I would like somebody needs to ask him that. Why aren't we already on the moon? I know you're going to move to Mars, but you should already be on the moon if that's true, because that's where you learn how to do it right on the moon. You know, you don't go to Mars and go, there's no turning back now. We're all going to die. Oops. You do it on the moon first. Yep. Simulate on there first. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I don't I can't think of any other glimpse of the future that. And even the Magic Kingdom in Disneyland used to ha be more futuristic and, you know, about possible fun things that could happen in the future. It's like, not anymore. Now it's uh, just not. So. Yeah, and it, even a lot of the futurism that they did engage with was a m more retro-futurism. So they had to travel back to look towards what we thought was going to be the future. It, it's just like, and I, maybe it's not just Disney. I mean, there's a lot of um, reluctance to look towards the future now. But for me, I want to look towards the future because honestly... I, pardon my language the the present sucks <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know it's just like that's what uh, i mean i feel like we could use that now more than ever and uh, that's that's why i miss uh, uh illuminations too it was just about the world hopeful. coming so. together and hopeful and that we, I, I i i love the song they play after the we go on like through whatever bad happens we go on together everybody keeps moving to me it felt futuristic in the way that we keep moving forward bad things happen and humankind persists we, we go on through everything we keep yeah. going and i thought it was great a great yeah. me message and again it just doesn't fit the current disney thing I, i'd love to know why exactly why why is this not currently of interest to disney and uh yeah. It doesn't make money. It doesn't sell T-shirts. And, and that's why I say the Imagineers and stuff. I, I, I don't know any of them personally, but the only one who seemed to take a stand and push for what they thought was right was Joe Rohde, and he left. So I don't know. Yeah. All the others simply do what they're told. And I'm pretty sure that Joe Rohde didn't. That From what I heard, he had a fight to get Animal Kingdom the way he thought it should be and this and that. That Around every turn, they were like, well, can't we just jam movies in? It's like, no, that's not what we're doing here. And 
But that's that's what I heard. But again, there's no place for him there. He needs to. It was best that he leave. All the ones now just tow the corporate line and do. Like I said, that there's some guy like Zach Ridley or something that just posts whatever Disney tells him to post. Who's trying to be the new like face of Imagineering? And it's like, yeah, what ideas do you have, Zach? You know, oh none. Whatever they tell me, I have. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, that's great. You. You sure are imaginary. Yeah, it's all about overlays now. That's all it is, you know, retooling and overlays instead of uh, innovation. Well, I did follow the account that he runs for a little while, and it it just seemed like corporate messages and propaganda and nothing of interest. So I was like, this is not what I would think of with imagineering. So I just stopped. I was like, nah, imagineering is exciting trial and error and behind the scenes and trying to figure out what works and what doesn't and experimenting with things and not just doing what you're told you know i don't i'm not into that yeah totally agree so that's kind of where we're left we're not really looking towards the future anymore we're we're looking towards the dollar sign and uh, i think that's a mistake as far as uh as far as where the company, I mean, the company has grown on the uh, on the groundwork that Walt Disney laid out. Uh, anybody that's followed that path, the the you know that that Disney Walt Disney path, it's been successful. I and, always say you know, that Disney continues in spite of itself, not because right. of itself. It Disney's ideas and and concepts were so great. That they can go on even with a terrible management mismanaging yeah. throughout the years, and you know it's still well. Fortunately, part of that, though, John, wouldn't you say, is because of traditions. Traditions has largely stayed, you know, the oh, same up to a point. Nah, right? Not anymore. Now it's, it's well then. Now it's a couple days or a weekend, and even that, I've heard many cast members who said that they didn't even have time to send them back to that. So it's getting skipped. And uh, it's just not that important anymore. And again, what is important is whatever the most current social justice thing is that they can push and say that they are helping, you know, in whatever way. And again, I'm fine with all that, but it's not it's not real, you know. Well, that's why I was going to say social social justice message, if it's relevant to today and if you're actually doing it is one thing. Now, doing somebody, it, saying it and if not If somebody doing were it, actually discriminating or yeah. if Disney was actually, I would find that appalling and I would think yeah. it's great that they stand up, but they're standing up where nothing was there to stand up for. So again, they're, they're standing up to... I go back to virtue signal. Disney yeah. loves they 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 get an employee, and if they can find a way to exploit them in virtue signal, they will. They'll make a big presentation of it and clap for themselves. And again, they they should do the right thing, but virtue signaling is just unappealing for to me for big companies i don't i find it very unappealing just do do the right thing you don't need to clap for yourself and go hey look we actually did the right thing it's like i do the right thing every day i don't require applause i don't look for applause i live that way i I don't I, i don't i wouldn't need to make a post to point out that i did that one thing it's like but anyway that's just me and no you're right I was going to say companies that uh, actually do things and don't just talk about them, 
they see dividends from that and yeah uh, they don't they do know, yeah they don't they don't they don't uh um you know talk about doing things while their employees can't afford to live in their community and um raise prices on everything for you know that squeeze out the particular people that they're claiming you know they're trying to help so uh, yeah that's what i was going to say too there's another example there's another example too that uh, the fact that Disney does not sell annual passes. They have blocked their own employees out for months now. So people who love Disney and work for them can't go to Disney. And people who have moved here in the past couple of years can't buy an annual pass, but they'll give you a good deal on a three-day ticket or whatever. So, yeah, Disney is holding hostage the people that love them the most and extracting money from. So no matter what virtue signal they say, they're, oh, look, we we hired a person of a certain ethnicity or uh, sexual or- or- orientation. Here's a post that says that we hired him, and now look how great we are. It's like, that's great, but... What about the thousands of people you hurt all around you and the people you price out of your vacations by doing this? Like I mean, like I said, when I first moved here three or four years ago, I even now I, I, I couldn't technically afford it. But you know how heartbreaking it would have been to be like, well, you made it to Florida after all these years. You can't have a pass. But you can pay top dollar and and be hurt financially even more every time you go to Disney. That would just be so sad and so disgusting on their part that they do that. And again, they'll go, oh, well, you know, COVID we had. It's like Universal didn't and they're doing great. So I don't your excuses mean nothing to me. It just doesn't. And again, I have passes, but my neighbors moved here from uh, um, Massachusetts and they love Disney. They moved here because of Disney. They can't go. They, they can't get mm-hmm. passes. It's like things like that. I don't care about your virtue signal. You do more to hurt people to cancel that out. It doesn't really matter. So, again, everybody gets this warm feeling in their heart because they love Disney. The people running it are not good people for the most part. They really aren't. Uh, The company, the parks are awesome. Walt's ideas are awesome. They persist. They're great people who work there. But you can't just say, oh, Disney loves me. It's like, nah, they'll... They'll hurt everybody and do do what they want, all while clapping for themselves and showing you isolated incidents of things that they social justice out, you know. So that's sorry to get so negative about it. But I guess since we just talked about there is no future (laughs) with Disney, (laughs) it leads you right down the negative path. So. Yeah, and I I don't think either one of us are saying, oh, companies shouldn't make money. That's not what it's about. They're in the business to make money, and without a doubt. It's just the problem is when your motivation is solely to make money, and there's no vision and there's nothing else. When your motivation is solely to make money, but your most favorite hobby is to tell everybody how – that's not your your greatest thing is justice for everything and everybody and this and that like they like i said they claim to be everybody's friend and on your side and oh you're downtrodden well disney's with you and we're all but they're not just not and again they their new key is inclusivity which they've always had they've always been inclusive i've never seen disney discriminate against anybody in any way and which is an awesome thing. It's one of the things I love about Disney World. You just would never find such a thing. But 
they put that in not because it was a problem, but because they're trying to make themselves look good. They're, yeah, they're exactly. on your side. That's they're right. your friend. But tell them you're a little low on money and you're not included at all anymore. It's like it's 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 not. Yeah. Again, they should just they should just make money and shut up and yeah. be a company. Don't be everybody's friend and the, and you know a hero of the downtrodden and this and that. And then turn around and just screw people. And it's like you just be a company and shut up. You can make all the money you want, but you're not a hero. You know, don't clap for yourself and don't. Don't 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 do awkward things that uh, you know point out how virtuous your company is. Your company's all about money, and you'd sell us all out in a second if it got you an extra nickel. So that's the reality of it. Yeah, anything else is patronizing. Honestly, it's exactly what they're doing. You know. So yeah, I'm with you, John. On that positive note. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where, where can you talk a little bit about your social media? For My social media has been declining for no reason. Oh, wait, maybe there. <laughs> no, it has been. It, I am on the decline now, officially. It's been going down. But I still have good uh, posts and all that, like that do well. But here's a little, and, and I'm mainly bringing this up for anybody. If, if this is happening to anybody else, you're not alone. My accounts reached have dropped by 50%, meaning Instagram is not extending my reach anymore. Or that, that even includes my own people. I, I did a post earlier in the week. And it didn't even come up on my own Instagram, like my personal one. I just didn't see it. It doesn't come up. So I've been cut off from myself. <laughs> my my reach has even been cut for myself. So um, why that happens, I don't know. Maybe they maybe Instagram listened to my uh, to our podcast once and said this guy's problematic. <laughs> cut his reach. So. If that's the case, then that's fine. Uh, you know, either way, I do not depend on Instagram for money. And I put a massive amount of time into it. I do not get any money out of it at this point. So Instagram can't really hurt me. It's more of a hobby. So, uh, But I do find that disturbing that they do that to people. And, I, and I've heard it before about all the social media people cutting people's reach and this and that. And again, none of my posts are, uh, I don't know, I don't see any problematic posts. They're simply clips, <laughs> rides, and videos. Um, for some re reason, it, you know, it may, it's probably something I don't understand, but it, it it could be too that they've recently started monetizing IGTV videos and trying to do their own live thing. So all of the big guys probably came in too. And you know, if you've got me or I don't even know the Diz Unplugged, uh, Instagram's going to push them. Like that's they go with the bigger person. It's kind of like how YouTube, if you remember, it used to be run by unknown people, meaning. The most popular people on YouTube got millions of views. They were all just regular people. And then one day, you know, the TV networks and all the fa famous people said, we're getting in on this. And then all of a sudden it was like, who's on your front page now when you open U YouTube? Oh, it's CNN. It's Ellen. It's The Rock. It's like, it's where did all the regular people go? Well, they got pushed out when the other people came. So you 
Instagram's re- recently started offering money, which probably piqued the interest of the big guys. In which case, like I said, when when uh, Instagram could uh, suggest my page or suggest, uh, you know, all ears or I don't know, theme park, whatever, whatever, they will push the bigger people typically. I don't know why, but it's just one of those things. So we'll see how it goes. It might be temporary or it might be permanent. Um, you know, if it's permanent, um, I may save time by doing less Instagram stuff. It, you know, I wasted a few years if that's the case, but at least I'll have more free time. But I still do well, though. Like a few days ago, I did uh, Gertie the Dinosaur. Like there's dinosaur tracks at Hollywood Studios. And I never noticed them until after the shutdown when there wasn't crowds around. And so many people commented the same thing. They're like, has this always been there? And my answer is, I think it has because they weren't doing things like this recently. Like this, this isn't. So it's been there for at least some years now. And yeah, I, I got, I got, uh, you know, like 1700 likes and it reached 27,000 people, which is actually really good. Like that's not bad for lately. Like that's one of the ones that did well lately. Um, one of the examples that I can give you of my reach cut, I, I did Splash Mountain for a couple of minutes. I got 2,300 likes, which is good. And uh, 230 shares. My reach was 17,000. And typically on one like this, actually, I'm going to look. So my reach is 17,000. I'm going to look at what my reach was on a Splash Mountain video just a couple of weeks ago. Let's say this was in June 16th. So one month earlier, my reach was 139,000. And now it is... What I say, eight thousand. So yeah, my reach has been cut. That's something I can't control. That's algorithm controlled. So yeah, that's a good point. One month later, I went from one hundred thirty-nine thousand for a Splash Mountain post to eight thousand, yeah. and uh, that's reach. And I, like I said, I can't control the reach. That's uh, that's up to Instagram. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I. 139 to 8, that is a huge cut in reach, and which is leading to a huge reduction in new follows. And I've been, you know, consistently losing followers, which I think is normal. I just normally gain more than I lose. Now, for the first time in many, many, many years, actually the first time ever since I've been doing this, I am shrinking instead of growing. And I'm at 46,192. When I started talking to you this morning, I was at 46,2 something. So I'm losing them every minute or so. Just loss, loss, loss. So whatever reason that is, I don't know. But we'll see how it goes. Uh, for people who followed the podcast, it uh, it'll be interesting to see at least. This is it's it's. Uh, I don't know. I can't really. I couldn't really put my thumb on why that would be, other than you know. Again, algorithm, you know, the, the algorithms, they're steering people away from you towards the uh, bigger creators for whatever reason or, you know, which doesn't make sense to me because you go live. You've been using this platform for a long time and, you know, I, 
you were one of the first out there my, with IGTV that I've uh, even yeah. ever, I I was even pushing ever it when it was brand new, telling everybody how great it was. But again, if you remember the YouTube thing, um, all of the people who built you, YouTube, meaning the little guys who made it successful, they were all thrown right in the trash by YouTube and they are gone. Like, and I know because my daughter used to watch them. I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are. You love you, YouTube. You watch it every day. And she even said, all of a sudden, she can't even find the people she used to like. They they were cut. Their reach was cut. Their monetization was cut. They were just thrown away and gotten rid of. And now it's very specific what's on there and what they can and can't say and everything else. It's just, it's so different. And again, I... Uh, I, I can't say that I don't know why somebody wouldn't follow me on uh, Instagram, but I try to keep it, you know, uh, one to two posts a day at the most. I don't spam. I don't bother anybody. So, again, I, I don't know. I don't know what the leak is about, but I'm sure there's a reason for it somewhere. I um, it, it brings me it makes me think like how things are changing so fast online and on social media and things like that um, it just brings you back do you remember the biggest disney site at one point was intercot and oh, yeah. look yeah. look at how they've just kind of been reduced over the years and i don't know why like i i have no idea what the reason is for maybe they they aren't putting the time in or you know maybe they didn't leverage social media like the rest of these sites did i'm not really sure yeah Yeah, so i'm i mean that has a big part of it but i think you know at some point you're probably going to have to look at this as a if it becomes a trend and you know leverage something else or or something like that if you want to continue growth i i think that's what a lot of times it ends up being now if if you don't care and if, like you said, this is more or less a hobby, you know, and you're just doing it yeah. for your, you know. Um, I do care, but I'm looking for ways to leverage outside of control of, uh, you know, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, I guess, like his his company. I mean, I guess relying on a guy who stole the idea from his yeah. classmates is not the smartest thing. You're not yeah. going to be dealing with somebody who's uh, fair-minded, I guess, to start because... Uh, <laughs> Like, right that's true that's a good point so, yeah I, I guess you can't count on that guy to uh be fair in any way so yeah. but again maybe it's temporary maybe it's not um i i will i'll be fine either way but yeah at this point i'm gonna keep trying and i will see uh what i can do as long mm-hmm. as i don't shrink too much it's still nice having 40 some thousand but yeah, so it, let's yeah let's talk a little bit about TikTok though, and that you've started to post on there over the last week and just play around with that a little bit. I I've been doing that for you know a little over a month, you know a couple months, just playing around trying to try out different hashtags and different content. Like I alternate between Disney and Universal content each each day, and um, you know I mean it's it has an up and down nature to it um much like i'd say instagram does whereas one day you'll you know you'll put a piece of content out there and again i'm just experimenting i'm trying to figure out okay what do people actually look at and how does it work 
I still haven't figured it out, John. I can't figure that thing out. I, it's like if you use a certain type of song or something, like a, like something that the platform wants to push itself, then maybe you see a little bit more engagement. Um, other times you just get lucky like that. Harry Potter post with the, you know, Gringotts that I posted. Holy crap, that thing's almost up to 300,000 and, you know, views. And I get a lot of engagement even every day still from that thing. I, um, I can't figure out why. It's very short. So to me, it says a couple things like on that format, short form, um, action packed, interesting things like that. You know, I mean, maybe that's, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just an algorithm. Maybe it's just luck, but I, I can't figure that thing out. It's not like Instagram that has like a formula. Instagram definitely has a a thing, but um, like like a like a pattern or a formula that constantly changes, but it still has some rule set. I don't know that uh, TikTok does, um, unless you're a young. Uh, uh, you know, attractive looking female that shakes her butt to a modern music song thing or something, you know, that that's sure to help you take off. But other than that, I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. And I I have some followers on there, but I was saying my daughter has, I don't know, like 290 some thousand followers on TikTok. So at one point she made the account for me and she told her followers, hey, follow my dad. So that's pretty much the only followers I have. I probably have like 10 of my own. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like I'm just starting out. And again, I don't put a lot into it. Yeah. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I definitely would say that your TikToks are much better and more thought out and uh varied with music and stuff i just i I, that's one of the reasons i haven't done a lot of tiktok it's not that i don't like it per se but it is i feel like it requires more skill meaning you need to uh you know put thought into it like what you're going to put in what you're going to combine it with are you going to do any effects what kind of background music are you going to put in and i'm used to just saying here's a clip from disney awesome it's like so much easier to do stuff like that but like i said i'm slowly trying hopefully hopefully i uh get the hang of it but i don't know it's no i think you're doing good work on there i i like i like your videos i I really like to you did one the other day i really enjoyed and i can't remember what it was i i even commented on it but uh but i thought it was pretty awesome you put a you put some kind of music with it and i was like man that's pretty that that was thought that was well done and actually i think the one that i did that did the best was uh my one where i walked between epcot and uh hollywood studios now still didn't get a lot i only got like a thousand less than a thousand views like 700 some but it was it was good for me though but i think that was the best one that i did so far but yeah like i said it's uh it's uh one of those things that it's it's not the easiest thing for me but i can't say though after watching some of these videos on uh you know, I, I don't follow a lot of people, but like I follow your account and seeing seeing the videos on TikTok, I can honestly say I'm impressed with how they work. Like I'm impressed with how they look, the feel, the music. Like yeah. 
I'm, I, I, I can see why people do it, you know, even though I am very much resistant, it's, it is, uh, it is much better than I thought it was, you know, like, like I'm used to seeing like my wife on TikTok and it's just really like annoying things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and uh yeah, yeah just like one annoying loud noise a- after the next and i'm like yeah. no that i don't like but seeing really cool footage put together of things i'm interested in that's not bad like, it's, yeah. it's better than i thought yeah it's uh it's definitely got a diversity of uh of uh styles and ways of doing things and thought and and things like that a lot more than i thought it did it's not like it was when it started out where it was just, you know, people dancing or something like that, you know. It's different now. So. Yeah, so I'm coming around on it. Still not my favorite thing, but um, I guess I'm kind of addicted to growth. So if if Instagram is going to start to shrink, there's a part of me that says, all right, I need to gain that much in TikTok at least and make me feel a little better to gain it somewhere else. So. Yeah, that's what my suggestion would be is to always keep your mind open to a pivot, you know, going somewhere else if, or putting more time, a little bit more time. I wouldn't put too much effort into it, but a little bit more time into something else. Yeah, 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 it's it's fine. I just don't want to l- allow myself to get defeated by Instagram and just give up. So oh, yeah, no, I'm not. That's suggesting the trick. That. I don't like I don't like to give up. And, yeah. Uh, so I, I'm going to keep going and trying uh, at the very least there are a handful of people that seem to like my lives and i've gotten comments about you know they they like the amount that i talk that i don't really make it about myself and things like that like they really do so maybe there's a maybe there's a uh, something there for me and you know i i'm still not opposed to going live on youtube it's just the last couple times i tried it says oh you're not qualified to do it direct yet but you can do it through a third party and i was like well i don't know what you're talking about so i went back to instagram (laughs) yeah i understand that doesn't make sense because supposedly you're you're able to do it i don't know it it just uh there just must be something going on there we should have figured it out when i was down there and i didn't have the time to do it yeah it's hard when you're on a family vacation it's not easy to figure stuff like that out all right john where can they find you online well you can find me you can unsubscribe. You can unfollow <laughs> me at c.wdw on Instagram or c.uo on Instagram, uh, cwdw on Facebook, cwdw on uh, YouTube. And just to make sure, on what am I? I am at c.wdw on TikTok as well. I had to double check that. Yeah. I had to adjust my uh, my uh, bio on there because before it just said my daughter said, "Oh, it's 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 her dad." That that was my thing. So, mm-hmm. and it was a picture of me, me and her, which I hated to take down. But I'm like, if I'm gonna make this the same brand as my regular <laughs> one, I can't have the picture of me and my daughter and have my only bio be that I'm her dad and that's it. <laughs> Although it was very cute, and uh, I, I liked the idea of it, but yeah. I had to change it to normal. I noticed you changed your brand picture. Yeah, I, I just that. made it a, a standard logo. All right. Well, you can find me 
at the giant rat t-h-e-e on instagram and on tiktok on instagram i'm starting to do this reels thing and that's something that john you said you're not able to do because it's more you know it, it, they won't let you yeah, because I you're more a, business i have a business you know? account yeah, yeah. and don't so so i can i actually am able to do that i don't know they that's got to be something that they fix eventually. I, I can't imagine they want to squeeze out their business uh, segment. So I'm sure they'll work that out. But anyways, I, I've i been putting up reels. It's basically the same videos I'm putting on TikTok. So if you're already seeing me on TikTok, eh, just stick to that because, you know, um, I don't really do a lot of different content over on uh, Instagram. I'll post a picture every once in a while. That's about it. Okay, that should about do it for this week. We will see you next week. And right here is where I put make way. I don't know if you heard uh, yesterday, though I did. Yeah, and I cut it off real quick because I was doing part one. And.